0: Welcome to the Collective Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca. So first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to, uh, to share a message. Um, I'm generally quite excited when I, when I bring something because I quite like it. those of you that know me, I quite like the sound of my voice. And I've got some really good opinions as well. Um, but hopefully today you're not going to hear the sound of my voice. Hopefully you'll hear the voice of the Father. Um, I really feel that, I mean, just that word that Eileen gave, there's, there's a, a weaving together. So from the outset, I just want to say that um, Shani and myself are so excited to be part of the collective. Honestly, I just think that there is um, there's such life. And such um, things are coming alive, and we just see a vibrancy which is a characteristic of the kingdom. The other day we were praying together, and I had a picture of um, of the collective, and I had this picture of this of Cape Town, and there was this. It was obviously during the drought, and the whole peninsula was dry and brown. But right under the surface, there was this ancient aquifer that. Um, was available and that those agents of the kingdom had a- were able to plumb down and pull this water out. And I think that is a, I felt that's a picture of the collective. I think there's a well here that we are busy plumbing that is gonna, that's gonna ripple out, not just across the city, but across the country. I, I, I just think that there's something of an ancient something that is happening here. Um, and, and you know the thing is like the journey that we have as a community and the journey that we are on as individuals I think there's a lot of similarities between those um, in josh uh, in jeremiah 6 verse 16 uh, the lord addresses uh, addresses israel through the prophet and he says this he says stand at the crossroads and look ask for the ancient paths ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls and it's almost like The Lord has prepared these seeds even that Eileen was talking about. He's prepared these things for us specifically. Ancient paths that um, are just such truths. A couple of weeks ago, Sean was speaking about Josiah and when they found the book of the law in the temple and how when they went through the book of the law, it just opened up revival, it opened up life. It was like a well that suddenly, it was clogged for many years because Israel was in moral and in spiritual decay. And all of a sudden, by finding this book of the Lord, this wellspring was opened and there was revival. And I think that's the journey that we are on as a community, but also as a people. You know, God has prepared certain things for us to walk in. There are things that He has placed, there are wells, there are ancient paths that as we walk, being led by the Spirit, because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He is our companion and our helper, and He shows us where to go and where not to go. And so... There is this this anticipation that we can have of the absolute goodness of God because we know He has prepared things for us before we were born. In um, one of my, uh, I think a great scripture for, uh, just to highlight this, it's a new testament scripture in Ephesians 2 verse 10 and it says, For we are His workmanship, created for good works in Christ Jesus, which He ordained for us beforehand. So if you just break the scripture up, first of all, we are his workmanship. He has meticulously taken time to shape and to fashion every single person here, every single person out there. There is a kingdom destiny, a kingdom man- mandate, a kingdom um, calling on every individual that the Lord has, has meticulously fashioned in each, of, each one of us. But not just that. He has even created good works for us to walk in. And it says, which you ordained beforehand, even before we were meticulously formed, He already purposed these good works for us to walk in. And it's like these, it's like these ancient paths. It's like these aquifers that, that we walk. And the Lord says, dig here. You know, you get these water diviners that go around and they've got a stick and whatever. But the Lord can tell you with absolute certainty, dig right here and put your, deep, your roots deep down over here. Because if you do that, you will be fruitful. Um, just just in that verse, um, in Jeremiah 6 verse 1, just going there again, it says, stand at the crossroads and look, there's always an option. We always have, God always gives us choice. He doesn't take away our choice because He wants us to partner with Him in relationships so that we know which is the right way to, right way to take. And He says, ask the ancient paths, not the new paths, the ancient paths because these things were planned. And then He says, Ask, and, and, and he defines this ancient past and he says ask where the good way is. Now that word good is the Hebrew word tob, T-O-B with a little funny thing on it. Um, but the, in English we are sometimes limited to what the word good can actually mean. Because if you look at the definition of this word tob, almost every conceivable good definition that you can think of for good is locked up in this particular word. It includes prosperity. It includes, includes fulfillment. It includes fruitfulness. It includes satis- being satisfied like with marrow bones. Sorry, I'm going to need quite a bit of water in this. But this is the journey that he is inviting us on. He's, he's inviting us on a journey that he's already prepared for us, that is so good and so rich, that he has prepared us, he's empowered us to walk this journey. It's not just you know, I think sometimes in life we can get blown around by winds and the winds would want you to believe that you're just a random event, that you were an accident, or you know, that, that you know, there isn't that much significance to us. But in light of that Ephesian scripture, it's like the creator of the universe has taken time to fashion you for a time such as this, for things that he's already destined before you were even thought of. There is such, you know, the Bible says that he is the, the master builder, and he has orchestrated everything, he set us up for victory, he has set us up to be successful, he has, he has set us up to break things open. And so, so Ephesians 2.10, um, we are his workmanship, created for good works in Christ Jesus, which he prepared for us. What is the activation? The activation is the cross. We all know that the activation is the cross. And when Jesus came, it was almost like, you know, it says that the, the veil was torn in two, but I think that is almost like a, that's just a microcosm of what actually happened because I don't know if you've seen those big um, water pipes when they, when, they lay, when they build toll roads and highways and whatever. These huge, these huge pipes. And it's almost like when Jesus came and he died, he opened up a huge conduit from heaven, that would flood into the earth. It's not just a tearing of a of a of a veil. It was like he tore the heavens open, so that now heaven could in, can invade the earth. And something that I just felt in the prayer meeting before is, I just felt, I felt just to say, and we, we know this, but sometimes we need to hear things again, is that we are part of an ever increasing kingdom, not a shrinking back kingdom, not a kingdom that's on the back foot, but we're 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 part of a kingdom that God, I mean. We really have to be stupid to miss it, you know. We really have to be stupid to blow it. Because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And as we walk with the Holy Spirit, He speaks to us and He says, go. And not just that, it's like the whole of heaven is cheering us on, you know. It's like, come on, go for it. So it's almost like the moon and the stars and everything is aligned for you to go and find the paths that God has destined for you. And, and so the thing is, that so, so we're on this journey and... Um, and the activation is the cross. And, you know, at the point of the cross, when we, when we became new creations, you know, just coming back to that we are not just a random sum of events. When you became a new creation, it says that we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the king, kingdom of light. And, it, and if you look at the word of that new creation, it means at a specific moment in time, your substance actually changed. Now, there are some things that, that don't change, um, some things you just have to live with. But the real you has changed into in- incorruptible DNA. It's like heaven has been birthed, and now it's not only Jesus who is this big conduit, but you and I, every single one of us, we are these big, big pipes that are just waiting to blow open things on the earth for the kingdom to come onto the earth. And, you know, it says... Um, yeah to bring the kingdom to the earth. One of my favorite scriptures um, is Psalm 84, and I've got the same thing that Rob's got. I sometimes get a little bit emotional, but I think Psalm 84 is such a beautiful picture of how to do a journey with God. And by the way, I should have mentioned this earlier, I'd like to call this Ancient Pause." that's the title for what I want <laughs> to bring. But Psalm 84, I think, is such a beautiful psalm, just on how to journey with God. and. In context, David is in exile. He's far away from the temple. Um, I'm not sure what the reason for the exile was. It could be Absalom or it could be uh, a number of things. but But he's yearning. In the first four verses, he's yearning for God's manifest presence. He's yearning to be intimate with God. He's yearning to be at the temple. Because the temple is the full expression at that time of God's manifest kingdom on the earth. It was where God's people went to go and meet with him. It's where he gave them instruction. It's where they went and communed with God. And so David, in the first four verses, he's explaining how he yearns to be with God because he's not there, he's in exile. He's far away from that place. And I think that just sets the stage for the rest of the Psalm so perfectly because everything that we do, it needs to come down to the relationship and the intimacy with the Father. It can't just be that, you know, we can study the Bible and we can know the Bible backwards and we can know all the theology, but outside of relationship, our timing is going to be off. Something's going to be off. We might know what to do, but not when to do it, because we need to hear him say, now. There's this game. um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a dancing game and I'm not going to show you how it goes, but there's these little... (laughs) Later. (laughs) They're these little blocks, and they play a song and a tune, and so a block lights up and you've got to put your foot there, and you've got to put your foot there, and you've got to dance, and in a sequence, uh, you know, there's, there's timing and there's rhythm, and you've got to get the right sequence, and if you progress, then you go into the next song and whatever, and it's almost like that, that that's how we grow, you know. It's like out of this intimacy and hearing what he's whispering, you know, we unlock a door here or we unlock somebody's heart here or a situation is diffused here because, because we're hearing what he's saying. we continue hearing what he's saying. And it's only out of intimacy that we can know those things. And then in verse 5, he goes on. And in verse 5, he says, Blessed is a man whose strength is in the Lord, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. So in context, he's talking, he's saying... Blessed is a man whose strength is in the Lord, whose heart, um, in his heart, are the highways to Zion, to the temple, to his reality of the the manifest presence of God, he, which he yearns for, he desires. It says that in the Amplified. It says, it says in the in the NIV. It says it, it, it translates in his heart in whose heart are the highways to Zion. It says, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And it's such a beautiful way to put it because. You know, to set your heart on pilgrimage as you've made a decision. I'm going to journey with God. I'm going to go on this journey. And and it's going to be an adventure. And there's going to be things that we're going to encounter and things that I, and I need to be... Just the beginning of that verse, I need to rely on Him. You know, the thing is, Jen was saying it yesterday, is that you can't really... How do we have faith? Well, you can only really have faith in somebody that you know. You can't have faith. Like, if... Some man off the street says to my little daughter, you know, I'm going to buy you a dress tomorrow. Well, she doesn't really know him, but if I say that to my little daughter, she knows I'm going to do that. And so it's out of relationship that we can know that what he says is what he will do. It's out of relationship we know that he is good and we know that the journey will always be good. And it's out of relationship that we know that he has got us, he protects us, he provides, he's done everything. Like, it, like it's um, Ephesian scripture, he's prepared everything for us. And so then the next part of that, uh, the, the next verse, verse 6, it says, who, walks, uh, who walking through the valley of Baca makes it a well. So where David found him at that stage, where he found himself at that stage, between himself and the temple was this particular Valley of Bacca, which was in Philistine territory. Um, the Valley of Bacca basically means the Valley of Weeping, and it was a dry, hostile place. And so he, for him, that specific journey was he wants to go through that hostile place to the place where he can be with God, where he, like this ancient path in, Je- in Jeremiah 16, 16, where he says, um, ask for the ancient paths, the good path." and so you will find rest for your soul. You know, the thing is, God has placed certain things inside of us. He's given us abilities, He's given us giftings, but those things can only be set in the relationship with God, and as we put those things in His hand, we, we lay down those things and we say, our strength is in you, and we journey with God. Now, suddenly, God can take these things, and out of just my little ability of being a good whatever it is, He can now make supernatural. And this is, this, is, this is our inheritance. This is what he calls us to. He calls us to be supernatural because we are new creations. We're no longer ordinary. We're no longer normal. We're actually just the same, almost the same as Jesus. I mean, we're brothers and sisters of Jesus. And inside of us dwells the fullness of heaven. It's right here. We carry eternal DNA, ancient DNA. It's in us. And so, so getting back to the Valley of Bacca, it's not necessarily comfortable to go through there, but there's, there's the temple. There is the manifest presence of God. And you know, inside of every single one of us, God has placed certain desires to extend His kingdom. We are agents of the kingdom, and we have those desires. And you know, some of, sometimes those things lie dormant. They just lie, um, they're just there. But then God would come, and He would breathe on those things, and those things would spring to life. The Bible says that uh, the kingdom of God is, in Romans it says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. And I remember listening to Charles Stock the one time where he was saying, um, he often would take it uh, like an audit of himself. As soon as he's not in righteousness, joy, and peace, he would realize, but the well is blocked. There's something that's stopping this well that I've got inside of me. And he would just go into another room, and he would either go and praise or meditate on something, but he would just... Manifest the kingdom around him again, so that love, joy, righteousness, and joy would—he would be back in that kingdom mindset. So that when he leaves, he's now again—he's a he's a good representative of the kingdom, and now things can start flowing again. And so on this journey, you know, as we go through barren places, because you know, our mandate is. And this is a mandate that God had given to, to, um, to, Ab- uh, to Adam. He said, go and subdue the earth. He gave it to Abraham and he said, through your sea, the people of the earth will be blessed. And even Jesus, when he sent out his disciples, he said, go and take the gospel to all the world. Because he knew that would actually liberate people, would bring people into an adjusted and a kingdom destiny. Not a normal, a normal life destiny. And so everybody has got a specific journey. You know, that's the wonderful thing about the body, is that there are no two of us that are the same. Every single one of us has got a unique assignment. You know, my assignment, thankfully, is not the same as Shaney's. I see this with how we raise our kids. You know, I'm much more one-click, and Shaney's much more compassion. So sending one of the kids to the bathroom tears at Shaney's heartstrings, you know, because she just wants them here, you know. But the beautiful thing about the body is that we dovetail so beautifully together, because there is a freedom for you to be the best that you can be in that thing that God has called you. And so we cheer each other on and we spur each other on. Because, I mean, I think it was such a wonderful thing last Saturday, last Sunday. When um, Gerard and Yvonne just announced that they were pregnant, the, the response from the body was just so awesome. It was so spontaneous, it wasn't planned. It wasn't like we had a little flag-up applause or anything like that. It was just something that was so immediate. That's the wonderful thing about being part of a family is that you know, we, we feed off each other's successes, you know? we, we, and, and then on the other side, you know, when, when John is going through something, you know it, it hurts us. You know, and and when we see you guys not, you know, struggling a little, you know, it hurts us, you know, but that's the beautiful thing about the body. It's that God knits us together. Because because we are here for a purpose. And then in verse seven it says, and they stand before their God and they go from strength to strength here's another scripture that says we go from glory to glory and it is an ever-increasing kingdom that's not a shrinking back kingdom that's not something where the lord is afraid you know i heard somebody say once there was a prophecy somebody stood up and said "Yea, my people i can see that you're afraid for even i am afraid that's not the lord you know that's that's not the lord (laughs) um god is almighty he is almighty he can do whatever he wants but he chooses to partner with you and I. So what can we compare this journey to? Um, and I think the best example that I could come up with is pregnancy. I haven't got any experience. I've never been pregnant myself. I don't know the pain. And, but I, but I, I'm married to Shane. And Shane has had three kids. And I've seen what happens to Shane's body. And I've read books. So that's pretty much where my... But the other thing is, I've I've actually lived with Shane, so I know that there is a certain discomfort, you know, in, you know, being awake 15 times in a night and not being comfortable, and you can't sleep on your tummy, and you know you're not as mobile, and there's because your body is starting to prepare to bring something into the earth, and I would like to suggest that this is very much like the journey that we have, you know, inside of us, there are a lot of embryos, divine kingdom embryos that God has placed in us. And and these things are activated in us when maybe there's a a prophecy that just sparks something, or there's an encouraging word, or or the Holy Spirit just says something to you, or we have an encounter. I remember uh, last last Saturday morning, we were just messing around on YouTube, and I found some of those Hosanna, Integrity, Praise and Worship um, things. I don't know if you recall them. They were from like 1987 when you still had cassettes. I know, it's a long time ago. And I had almost every single one of them, I loved them. And I had a little black mini that my dad had swapped for a broken video machine which we spray painted, uh, spray painted. We put little wheels on and a nice whatever. And the one night, I got in my car and I went down to Dam, it was quite late and um, I th- at, at least I thought it was safe to go out that late at night in the parking lot and there were some other cars around me as well. And I just put some praise and worship, one of these, this new tape on, and I had such an incredible encounter with God, and it just brought some things alive that I never knew were there. I just heard God speak certain things about my future and what He was calling me to. And all of a sudden, it was like an ancient path that, or an ancient well that God had just unblocked. I never knew it was there, but it was there. And while I was having my encounter with God, I'm sure that there were some other people having encounters in the cars next to me, but <laughs> not necessarily with God. But But it was just such... We have these experiences where we go on this journey with God, and you know, it's much like pregnancy, you know, um, as much as there's discomfort and whatever, the 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 hope that you have that when this baby comes into the earth, it far exceeds anything that you go through on this journey, because we can have a baby, you know, we don't know if it's going to be one or two. We don't know. Modern science has taken a lot of the, a lot of this out of it, but. On the journey that you are, this, this embryo that you're carrying, you don't know if it's one or two babies. You don't know if it's ten. You don't know if it's a boy or a girl. You don't know if it's nine months or a year or 12 years or whatever it is we don't know. But as it says in, in, in Psalm 84, it says, he set his heart on pilgrimage. He set his heart on pilgrimage. Nailing your colors to the mast. The other night, um, I remembered a story that I read years back where Caesar... Um, Caesar had invaded uh, Britain and initially the barbarians were wiping out his army and then he came up with a strategy and he just said burn the ships because if you burn the ships there's no turning back there's no plan B we can only go into the sea and we can't really swim fast and far enough and there's another guy called Cortez, a Spanish conquistador who did the same thing and there's something to be learnt out of that is that, is that as, soon as, we, as soon as we burn the bridges behind us And not in a horrible way, but as soon as we say, we set sail and we say, it's you and me, God, we are on this journey, and obviously a body that, thankfully, God puts people around us as well, but we are on this journey, and I want to get, I want to get to that ancient path. I want to get to that good, that definition of good that is so wide that I will never in my lifetime be able to experience all of it. I want to go on that journey. And much the same as in, in pregnancy, you know, where you've got this hope or this anticipation of this new little life. In Ephesians, in Ephesians 1, verse 18 and 19, um, Paul writes to the Ephesians, he says, and I, and, I, and I pray that the eyes of your understanding are enlightened so that you might know the hope of his calling, that you know what an incredible calling he has for you specifically not this general thing that yeah you know we're part of a community and we're sort of heading over there no it's specific it's specific to each one of us there's this hope incredible hope of his calling and it says the inheritance the glorious inheritance of the saints like there's this glorious inheritance that we get to partner with God in establishing His kingdom on the earth. Not in a temple, but wherever we go, we are conduits and we can bring the kingdom and we can establish this kingdom. It's like this divine journey that we are part of. And lastly, He says, he says and this exceedingly great power that is, av- that is available to us who believe, whether it be miracles, whether it be, you know, you know I really want to live in Acts. I want to see those things where, where miracles are commonplace, you know, where Oh, it's another testimony, another incredible testimony of what God has done. It's not like, they, it's not like these things that we have to look for. Uh, and you know, It's like, but the presence of God is there. He's established himself and he's, and he's empowered his people. You know, God will never call you to something that he hasn't empowered you to do. So if he's called you to pray for somebody or he's called you to do something in business or in your family or whatever it is, whether it be homeschooling or whatever, God, if you if you believe that's what He's called He's empowered you to do those things, and there are certain treasures along the way that you will unlock as we as we as we partner with Him. So, just lastly on the on the, the pregnancy thing, I just a little anecdote. Um, I was playing uh, squash league, and um, you know when Shani when Shani first uh, got pregnant, and Shani does love chocolates, and um, I'm not really into chocolates. I, I'm more like sort of uh, tart sweets, like fruit pastels, are really my best. So if any of you guys want to know. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and, and because Shady was pregnant, you know, people just dumped a whole lot of chocolates on her. And, you know, to be sociable, I also ate some. And, um, and you know, I also, I also developed my own little pregnancy there and whatever. And I remember, I remember saying this to One of the guys that I was playing squash with, I said, you know, ever since we had our first kid, I have never got my figure back, you know. (laughs) um, While I was uh, just uh, researching this, um, I I wanted to find a couple of examples in the Bible where people journeyed with God in a similar way to what the Valley of Baca was. You know, he sets his heart in pilgrimage, he goes through dry places, and in those dry places wells break out you know and one of the first things that i found was isaac a young isaac his father had passed away abram had passed away and he'd become exceedingly wealthy and he was living he wanted to know where he should go and he wanted to go to egypt and the lord said to him no 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 go to gerar which is again in where the philistines lived and he instructed his herdsmen to open some of the wells that his father abram had had dug it's in genesis 26 and there were a number of wells that he opened, and and the one well was jealousy. The the Philistines were jealous of how wealthy he had become, and they they shoved him away. And then he opened a second well. Second well, and the second well was contention, and the third well was the third well was strife. And finally, he came to a place. I can't remember the name. I think it was uh, something with an R. And he came to a place, and he said. And he called that place, the Lord has made space for me. And sometimes on this journey, you know, sometimes we, we, we get so focused on ourselves. You know, I need to be, I need to be, it's all about me. But actually sometimes God puts you on a kingdom journey for you to open up wells for other people's benefits. It's not just about us, because actually Jesus didn't come for himself, he came for us. And that's our DNA. And then another example, just to, to end off with this um, I think one of the one of the best examples I could find and, and just before I even go to that example, I think if I look at the ancient heroes of faith, you know, like a David, a Moses, an Abraham, a John and Jen Whittle, you know. <laughs> and I and I don't I don't say that I, I don't say that lightly, um John and Jen I um, mean Jen <laughs> John's not here, but you guys have got such stories. You guys have got such victor- victorious stories and I just think it's just the enemy just trying to just be jealous, or create a contentious, or a, a contention, or a strife, or something. But you guys have got the stories, and 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 those are the stories that spur many, many on because of your of your stories. And but the, the story that I would like to relate is is the story of Paul. So Paul, New Testament, he's pretty much the, the one of the last heroes of faith that we read about in the Bible, and we find in Acts twenty one where he says. He says he feels that the Holy Spirit is saying to him, he must go to Rome. And um, the, the, the apostles and the disciples that are, that are there at the time are saying to him, no, but you'll be bound up like this and you will suffer like this and you will do all those things. And he says, he says to them, but you know, I'm chained to the Holy Spirit. I'm chained to this ancient path that he is, that he is destined for me to go on. And even though it goes through the valley of Bacca or a difficult place, I know it's going to open up an ancient well that is just going to just go ballistic. It's just going to overcome everything that the enemy wants to do. And in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, he gives an, a, a recount, he, a, 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 quite a vulnerable account to the Corinthians on his walk. And he says, he says you know, the, um, the enemy has sent a thorn in his flesh to, to just come and buffet him, and he pleaded with God three times, and the Lord said to him, "My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. In the midst of your enemies, there is a banqueting table for you. In the midst of everything that the enemy wants to do, there are these rivers of life that flow." And much like a um, much like a pregnancy, you know, when your body's, when you, when a woman's body starts to stretch and whatever, it's preparing for this delivery. And it's much the same as the transformation that it talks about in Romans 12, where it says, don't be conformed to the things around you, but be transformed. And that transformation is basically our capacity being increased. It's about us being able to hear more finally, what is the Holy Spirit saying? What is, what is He saying? It is those things that start preparing and how... And so what Paul is saying is, he's saying that the thing that the enemy actually wanted to do, it was first of all, it was like a handicap, you know, to him. It was, like, it, was, it was hamstringing him. He felt like he couldn't go as fast as he wanted to because there were these messengers that were just muddying the waters as far as he went. And then he came to the point, and you can just see the transformation that had, took, had taken place. Instead of him being in this position where he was getting irritated and agitated with this thorn in the flesh... He said, I'm starting to rejoice in my weakness. I'm starting to rejoice in the trial because I know the weaker I become, the stronger he becomes. And you know, the thing is like the things that God has called us to, you know, if I in my intellect try and master this thing, it can never look more than I am. It can never be more than me because I'm the author of this thing. But if this thing is birthed in the kingdom, these are the good works that God has prepared for us before. We partner with Him and we bring these things in. And now your apples don't look like apples like the guy next door who does Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now your apples look like watermelons because it's supernatural. Supernatural should be our normal. And those are the things that we should should press into. Those are the things that we should... We should pursue relentlessly because that is who our Father is. That is who Jesus is. The cross was a supernatural, supernatural happening, freeing everybody who ever wanted to to dig into these everlasting wells. And so tonight, just in closing, I, I, I just want to encourage you guys. You know, we are all on a journey, but there is a uniqueness to every single one. You know, God doesn't doesn't make fakes. You know, the new creation is not a refurb. It's not an upholstering of of an old couch. It is a brand, brand new thing. It is kingdom DNA. That's what we carry. And I think, you know, as soon as we, the more we become aware of who we are and who he is, the more we're going to start seeing things, things flow. The kingdom coming into the earth. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.ca.